Amen, amen. Hey, thank you so much, guys. Listen, last week we had talked about um, um, how Jacob had revealed to his sons their destiny. Jacob, who, who had later became Israel, he was prophesying over his 12 sons who ultimately had become the 12 tribes of Israel. Y'all follow me? How many of you was here last week? Did you catch that? Okay, so what he's doing is he's prophesying over his children who ultimately, like I said, become the 12 tribes of Israel and he's speaking to Gad and he tells him, he says, you're going to feel like you've been stomped on, like you've been trampled on. He said, but you will triumph at last. You were born to win. Amen. That's what he said, and I, and I feel like the Lord has, wants me to kind of stay in that vein a little bit, um, um, you know, and, and, and encourage you and kind of helping build your faith this morning. Is that okay? On this Memorial Day weekend, can we talk about that? Right on. So I want you to open your Bibles with me to Judges chapter 3. This is a really short verse. Uh, you remember last week? Oh, oh, she brought my grandbaby in here. Now I'm distracted. Hi. Hey. She ain't studying me. So this is one of those verses. You know, last week we had used that verse, and it was just one powerful verse. Amen? Judges chapter 3, verse 31. After him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 men of the Philistines with an ox goad. And he also delivered Israel. And that's almost one of those verses, guys, that you'll read and you'll go through it and you'll read right over it. Amen? You'll read right over it and it won't even... But I want to tell you something. Shamgar is, is not like a, a household name. Amen? And let me just ask a question. Y'all tell the truth because you're in church. How many of you ever heard of Shamgar? All of you have? I think we got some... Lying, man. That's what y'all do. Hey, look, Shamgar is not a household name, right? So this is one of those verses, guys, that you'll just, you'll just look right over. But let me tell you something. He had massive, massive impact there is so much stuff in this verse, especially that latter part that said that he delivered, he saved his entire nation. Do you see that? He also delivered his entire nation. Amen. Am I the only one that caught that? When you read that verse, you'll read right over it. But it says right here that he delivered his entire nation. All he gets is one verse. That's all he gets is one verse. One verse, that's it. But he had massive, massive impact. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes on how to be successful. Amen? Everybody say how to be successful. Last week we talked about how to win, right? I want to, I want to tell you, we, I want to point out three things in this story. I want to point out three things in this story that are going to help us be successful. Like I said last week, we had talked about triumphing at last, and I'm going to tell you how you do it. Amen? Y'all ready? Ah, like two of you ready. Are y'all ready? Huh? Y'all ready? All right. Well, I got to tell y'all something. We got a very, very special visitor here this morning. My mama. Give it up for my mama. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> Make her stand up. I don't think she can. Can you stand up, mama? Somebody demanded that out of you back there. Look, that's my beautiful, awesome mama right there. Come on, somebody. 
Y'all asked for it. I told y'all y'all wanted her to stand up. We'll make her stand up. Look here. Oh, that's my mama. That's my mama all the way from down south. Right there. That's my mama. See, you got me all crying. Somebody, somebody had to say, make her stand up. Why don't you do that and make the pastor cry? And everybody else cries. All right. That's my mama. You know, I want to point out, I want to point out three things out of this story right here that's going to help us be successful, okay? Shamgar lived 3,000 years ago. He was a farmer. He saved his entire nation. Just, I'm going to pause right there for a second. I want you to just think about that for a minute. He was a farmer that lived 3,000 years ago and he saved his entire nation. Amen. With an ox goad. (laughs) With an ox goad. An ox goad is a wooden pole with a sharp steel point on the end of it. <clears throat> it was used to, to motivate the ox when the, when the guy was behind the plow and the, the ox would get stubborn and they would stop and they wouldn't want to plow no more and they wouldn't work. He would poke them with that ox goat. It's a stick. I, I didn't do it. Shamgar did. Everybody said, Ew. I didn't do it. Shamgar did it. He took this thing. He took this thing, this weapon, actually a farm tool, weed eater, if you will, <laughs> right? He took this thing, it was, a, it was a farm tool, and he slew 600 Philistines with it. A farmer with a farm tool. Think about that for a minute. It would be the equivalent to one man with a stick, with a sharp point on it, killing 600 ISIS terrorists. That's what it, the equivalent would be. A man with a sharp stick, a really, really sharp stick. <laughs> and he did it. He saw that his nation was under threat. His family was going to be attacked and overtaken. And something came upon him against credible odds. Do you hear me? 600 to 1 odds. That's pretty incredible. I'm not a betting man. But if I was... <laughs> Incredible odds, 600 to 1 odds. And I don't know what kind of odds are against you today, maybe emotionally, maybe spiritually, maybe financially. I don't know what kind of storm has come or what kind of storm is trying to come into your life and you feel overwhelmed, but can you imagine 600 to 1 odds? Can you imagine that? And he did it. And yet the Bible declares in Matthew 10, 27, look at this, with man it is, it's not possible. But not with God. Everybody say this together. For with God, all things are possible. Amen. So the first thing we see from this story is what I want to tell you how to be successful is Shamgar, he started where he was. He started where he was. Amen. He was not in a powerful position. He was not at some university with all this influence and and, and power and prestige. He had no big doors open for him. He was a farmer. 
He was a, a blue-collar worker. He's out in his field poking his oxes with a sharp stick. Amen. He wasn't famous. He wasn't wealthy. He wasn't powerful. He was not influential. He was a farmer, and he started where he was. Amen. He started where he was. If you wait too long to decide what you want to do with your life, you'll find out you've already done it. I'm going to say that again. Y'all going to say amen. If you wait too long to decide what you want to do with your life, you'll find out that you've already done it. Amen. You have to learn to start where you are. Big doors swing on little hinges. Come on, somebody. You have to learn to start where you are. Big doors swing on little hinges. The Bible says in Zechariah 4.10, look at this. It says, despise not the day of small beginnings. Come on, somebody. It says small things. Who has despised the day of small things? Big doors swing on little hinges. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. Amen? So many people say, well, when I get a big break... When a big door opens for me, when I do this or I'm going to do that and, and, and I'm going to be here when somebody sees me, when somebody notices me, when somebody realizes my talent, when somebody does this, when I catch a big break. But that's not the key to success. The key to success is to start where you are. Amen. Amen. Start where you are. Right where you are, not when things get better, not when things work out, not when you got money, not if, if, if you had what somebody else had, if I had what they had. Start where you are. Start where you are. Everybody say, start where you are. Noah didn't wait for his boat to come in. He built it. Amen. Noah didn't wait. Well, when my ship comes in, Noah didn't wait for his ship to come in. He built it. Come on, somebody. Start where you are. Start where you are. Thank you for that arousing applause. I appreciate that. Start where you are. Amen. And the thing that we need to understand today is simply this. The man who's too big to do little things is too little to ever do anything big. The man who is too big to do little things is too little to ever do big things. Amen? That's the truth. So start where you are. Start where you are. Well, I wish things was different. I wish I would have done this or had this going for me or had that going for me. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I would have knew that. I wish I knew this person. I wish I had what they had. I wish I had their money. Listen, you can sit around and wish and miss your whole life. Amen? You can sit around and wish and miss your whole life. Start where you are. I'm going to say it again. And you're going to say amen to that. Start where you are. Amen Amen to that. (laughs) Not if I get a big break. Not if somebody will help me. Not if I had a million dollars. Not if I had this. You don't understand. That's not how it goes. The Bible says a man's gift makes room for him. Amen. It's not how it goes. If I had a million dollars, I would do this. I would do that. No, your gift will make room for you. Your gift will put you in front of important people. Your gift will open doors that no man can close. The Bible says your gift makes room for a man. Come on, somebody. 
Y'all got to wake up a little bit. They even got the air conditioner on in here. Stop acting like you're sweating. The Bible says a man's gift will make room for him. Do you understand what that means? You don't make room for your gift. Your gift makes room for you. Come on. You got to start where you are. You got to start where you are. When you start where you are, I promise you, your gift is going to put you in front of important people. But you got to start where you are. Not if things were different. Everybody say, start where you are. Next, use what you have. Use what you have. Shamgar's resources were very limited. Amen. Shamgar's resources were very limited. (laughs) But he said, you know what? I'm not somewhere powerful. I'm not somewhere influential. I'm going to start where I am. I'm on my farm. I'm in my field. And you about to come up here in my turf? He says, I'm going to start right where I am. I'm fighting right here. Come get you some. I'm start right here. This is where we're at. And then he said, I'm going to use what I have. I may have limited resources. Come on, somebody. He says, I'm going to use what I have. I may have limited resources. All that he had was something called an ox goad. O-X-G-O-A-D. Everybody say ox goad. All he had was an ox goad. It was a long stick with a sharp steel point on the end of it. It was all he had. No M16s. No Black Hawk helicopters. No grenade law. No Navy SEALs. Come on, I'm going to tell you all something. That's what I would need if I was fighting 600 ISIS terrorists. I'd be like, where's the Black Hawks at? Come on, I need some help. I can't fight all these people by myself. 600 of them. Shamgar's resources were very limited. Well, if I had more resources, pastor, if I could do this, pastor, or if I had somebody who really believed in me, if I, if I had what somebody else had, pastor, if I, if I had more resources, I'd really do something for God. Can I tell you something? God has given you an ox goat. Amen? God has given you a talent. God has given you an ability. God has given you something. God has put something in your hand. He asked Moses, God asked Moses, so what's that in your hand? Moses said, oh, it ain't nothing but a stick. He said, then throw it down. He threw the stick down and it swallowed up all the snakes of Pharaoh. Amen? Come on, he threw it down. Because he said, use what's in your hand. Moses said, I ain't got nothing but a stick. He said, throw it down. He throws it down. The supernatural hits the stick, swallows up all the snakes of Pharaoh. And then he walks to the Red Sea, holds the stick up in the Red Sea parts. He said, just use what you got. I ain't got nothing but a stick. All I got is a stick. Use what you got. He said, use what you got. The miracle is not in what you don't have. Come on, somebody. The miracle is what's in your hand. What do you got? Well, I've only got five loaves and two fish, sir. You better use what you got. Come on. I've only got five loaves and two fish. Use what you got. An ox goad. A sharp stick. Something that most people would overlook. If I'm fixing to fight 600 people, come on, somebody. If I'm fixing to fight 600 people, I'm looking for something. Oh, there's a stick with a point on it. That ain't going to do it. <laughs> that ain't going to do it. I'm, I need a gun. I need something. Oh, that's a sharp stick. That's not going to do it. He used what he had. It was just a regular tool. He says, I got something right here. It's all I got. I'm going to use what I got. 
Amen. Come on, y'all. Y'all following me this morning. I feel like some of you looking at the ox goad down there and you're like, yeah, I, don't, I can't use that. I promise you, God has given you an ox goad. God has given you something in your hand that you can use. Amen. He used what he had. And it became a lethal weapon of mass destruction. Woo! You hear me? It became a lethal weapon of mass destruction. God has given you an ox goad. What are your assets? What has God given you? What can you do? What are your assets? Again, right? Stop focusing on what you don't have. Come on, somebody. Stop focusing on what you don't have. What do you have? Well, I'm not good at math. I'm not smart. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm not this. I'm not that. But God has given you something that can win the battle. Amen. God has given you something that can win the battle. Amen. What's in your hand? I'm going to tell you what God has given every person under the sound of my voice. He's given you a dream. He's giving you a dream. Dreams motivate us. Dreams energize us. And all of your getting, throughout all of your life and all of your getting, get a dream. Amen? Get a dream because they energize us. They motivate us. Get it from God. And then you will become unstoppable. Amen? Amen? Get a dream. A dream is the inward picture of the future that you desire. Do you hear me? A dream is an inner picture of the future that you desire. Come on, y'all. And don't underestimate it. Don't act like it's not important. Don't act like it's not from God. Don't act like it's not spiritual. God is the giver of dreams. Amen. God is the giver of dreams. And when God is going to do something in your life, I want you to understand this. When God is going to do something in your life, he will give you a picture of it on the, on the inside first. You, you, you following me? Listen, he'll give you a picture of how you're going to get there. And then he'll say, live into that dream. Do you think we just woke up one day and said, we're going to start a church? We had a dream. Amen? God is the giver of dreams. And he'll give you an inward picture of what you want your future to look like. And he'll say, live into that dream. Sometimes a promise isn't enough. Come on, somebody. Sometimes a promise isn't enough. Sometimes we think all we need is a promise from God. But just because God gives you a promise don't mean you're going to reach it. Amen. A lot of them were sacrificed in the wilderness. They didn't all make it out of the desert. But he gave them a promise. You can get to the promised land, but how many of them will sacrifice in the wilderness for the rest of them to make it to the promised land? Just because God gives you a promise doesn't mean you're going to reach it. Sometimes a promise ain't enough. Are y'all following me this morning? Sometimes a promise ain't enough. God gave them a picture of the promised land when he brought them out of the wilderness. Look, he, he, he sent ten spies into the, into the promised land and they came back. So look at these grapes. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? They're holding these grapes. I said, these grapes are the size of melons. He'd give them a picture of what the promised land was going to look like. Amen? These grapes are the size of melons. Sometimes a promise ain't enough. You need a picture. You need to see it. You need to see it. That's why Gideon was told to go down to the enemy's camp. 
Listen to this. Even though God said, God had already told him, said, you're going to defeat the Midianites. He had already told him, you're going to be victorious. You're going to beat them. But Gideon didn't see it in himself. He didn't see himself as a winner. He saw himself hiding and trembling in a cave. And then the angel came up and told him, said, Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. You're going to do this. And then God sent him down to the enemy's camp to eavesdrop. He's just sitting outside and he's just listening and he's just watching them and and he's eavesdropping and one of the soldiers wakes up and says, I had a nightmare, I had a horrible dream. He said, I dreamed that I saw a piece of bread rolling down and it wiped out our whole army and Gideon's listening to them and and they're saying, what was that? What was the dream? What was the dream? And one of them said, I'll tell you what it is. It was the sword of Gideon and Gideon was listening Now Gideon got a picture of victory. God had already promised him he was going to win. But now he got a picture of victory and he turned around and went back and did what he couldn't do on a promise. Because he had to get a picture of it. Come on somebody. He had to get a picture of it. He had to get a picture of that victory. He's seen it. And he heard that and he he got a picture of victory. He had already had the promise. Come on y'all. He had already had the promise. But he wouldn't do it. You got to get a picture On the inside of where God's taking you. Amen. Hebrews 12 2. Look at this. It says that Jesus. For the joy that was set before him. Endured the cross. He had a picture of what was ahead. He wasn't looking at what was happening on the cross. I said last week. In the middle of the crucifixion. He seen the resurrection. Amen. He's hanging on the cross. But he had a vision of where he was going. He had a picture Some of you are in a season right now where you know where you're going, but you don't understand where you are. Amen. God has given you something, and you know where you're going, and you know what your dream is, and you know where God has called you, but you don't understand where you are. Amen. Follow the dream that God has put in your heart. I don't care what it looks like. You know where you're going, but you get discouraged by where you are. I guess I'm just talking to myself. I guess I'm the only one that that happens to. Wish I had a church that would say amen, Rick Carter. You hear me? I guess I'm the only one that gets discouraged and don't understand where I'm at. God has given, you know where you're going, but you get discouraged. Listen, I like what Arnold Schwarzenegger said. Skinny little boy. Y'all know the Terminator. Y'all know him? You know Arnold Schwarzenegger? I like what Arnold Schwarzenegger said. He's got a picture He has a picture of a bodybuilder. Skinny little kid, didn't have no muscles. And he had a picture. And he said, I looked at that picture, and that's who I wanted to become. He said, I lived into that picture. Amen? He said, I I, I lived into that picture. And you can make fun of that kind of stuff, but I'm going to tell you, you got to learn to use what you got. Amen? You can make fun of that stuff. But you got to learn to use what you got. Amen. And if you got a dream, can I tell you something? You got so much power. You got something that's so powerful because God is the giver of dreams that will change your life. Are y'all following me this morning? God is the giver of dreams that will change your life. Mm, Come on, y'all. I want to tell you something that you got that you're probably not using. Uh Uh-oh, I real quiet then. 
tell you something else you got that you're probably not using. You got to use what you got. Well, when I get a million dollars, when I get this, when I win the lottery, I'm going to do a lot. You're kidding. You ain't going to do nothing. Come on, y'all. Let's be real. Well, when I do this, and I mean, you ain't going to do nothing. Let me tell you something. You know what else you got? You've got something called enthusiasm. You got something called enthusiasm if you want to. Passion. Passion if you want to. Come on, y'all. Shamgar had it. Shamgar had passion. Shamgar had enthusiasm. You don't fight 600 ISIS soldiers without passion and enthusiasm. You got to use what you got. Amen. I'm telling you, your passion determines God's timing. The woman with the issue of blood. Jesus did not have her on his agenda. Amen? The woman with the issue of blood. Jesus did not have her on his agenda. He was going to raise a man's daughter from the dead. And she interrupted the schedule because your passion determines God's timing. Amen. Your passion determines God. The Bible says that she couldn't get to Jesus because of the crowd. She couldn't get to him. She couldn't break through to talk to him. All she could do is when he passed by is just touch the hem of his garment. And he stopped. They stopped him right in his tracks. She couldn't get to him because of the crowd. But she touched his garment and her passion to do that in her sick condition, her passion, and it stopped Jesus. And he said, because of that, because of your passion, ma'am, you are healed. Amen. Wasn't even on his agenda. He was just passing through. Wasn't even there to heal her. But because of your passion, ma'am, you're healed. Because of your enthusiasm, you're healed. Blind Bartimaeus. Jesus didn't decide the timing of his miracle. He did. Come on, somebody. Come on. Blind Bartimaeus. Do you know his enthusiasm is what triggered the miracle? Amen. His passion did it. His enthusiasm did it. Jesus was going to walk through that community and he was going to pass right by. And as soon as blind Bartimaeus heard that, heard that, that, that Jesus was coming through, he cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And look at Mark, look at Mark 10. Look at the scripture right here in Mark 10. All the religious people had come up to him and said, you need to shut up. Quiet down a little bit. You're too passionate. Calm down. And the Bible says he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Come on, y'all. That was my blind Bartimaeus. Listen, Jesus was just passing through. He cried out, have mercy on me. And it wasn't Jesus' timing that decided the miracle. It was the man's enthusiasm and passion. And Jesus said, you're healed. He was just passing through. He wasn't even there to heal Bartimaeus. He was just passing through. But his passion, he said, Mary, the mother of Jesus, at the wedding of Cana. You know, we act like when Jesus went to that wedding, and you read it in the Bible, we act like he went to that wedding and he was going to start his ministry. Amen. Read it. Read the story. He had no intentions of performing a miracle at that wedding. Amen. He had no intentions of performing a miracle at that wedding, which was the first recorded miracle that he ever did. It was his mother. 
It was his mother. Come on, y'all. And her passion and her enthusiasm that decided the timing of the miracle. The Bible says they had run out of wine. They were out of wine, and his mother went to her son, and she said, well, you know, son, we've really been praying. I'm, I'm paraphrasing this, okay? <sighs> Jamie style. You know, son, we've really been praying to God that he would use you in a mighty way. It's time for a miracle. Come on, y'all. It's time. <laughs> we know. We've been praying God's going to use you in a mighty way there, Jesus. It's time for a miracle. We've run out of wine. We need you to do something. And then he begins to fuss with his mother. Amen. Look at this in John right here. Look at this scripture right here. He, he begins to fuss with his mother and he says, woman, first of all, mama. <laughs> he says, he said, look, he, he, he starts fussing with his, with, his, with, his, with his mama. He says, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And I think she probably just looked at him. I don't know this is not in the Bible. This is horrible theology. But I think she probably looked at him and said, boy, do you know who you're talking to? You know what I'll do to you? I will tear you up, son, if you ever call me woman again. Woman. I will tear you up. It's time for a miracle. I said, we need some wine. And don't make me tell you again. <laughs> Jesus says, bring the water. Bring the water. And the water blushed in the presence of its creator. Come on, somebody. And he turned the water to wine. The water blushed in the presence of its creator. And he turned the water to wine. But it was not on his agenda. It was his mother's passion that caused the miracle to happen. Because Jesus said, I'm not here for that. It was his mother's passion and enthusiasm. Where's your passion at? Where's your passion? What are you passionate about? Use what you have. The word enthusiasm comes from the word theos, from which we get the word theology or the study of God, which that word means, theos means in God. And can I tell you something? If God is in you, you should be overflowing with enthusiasm. You should be excited all the... Come on, somebody. We should be the happiest people in the world. Amen. You should be the most enthusiastic people there is. should be brimming with enthusiasm. There's just something about an enthusiastic, passionate person who says, whatever my hand finds to do, I'm going to do it with passion and enthusiasm. Can I tell you, you will not stay down. If you do that, you will not stay down. It doesn't matter what you're going through. I'm going to do it with passion and I'm going to have enthusiasm. I promise you, you won't stay down long. Come on, somebody. I'm just telling you. German composer, Johannes Brahms, he wrote a famous symphony. Eugene Ormandy, the famous conductor, was conducting it. 
And it was written in one section of that music. The composer had wrote it. Brahms had wrote in this music. And, and in one section of the music and the piece of music, it says, as loud as possible. So when they get to that section of music, he's up here swinging, he's working, and he's pulling it out of them, and he's conducting and conducting. And, and as it goes on to, to a few bars later, not that kind of bars, bars of music. I'm just telling you, listen, a few bars later of music, it says, louder still. So as Eugene Ormandy, he's up here conducting this orchestra, and he's pulling it out of him, dude, and he's getting it, and he's getting it, and he's getting it, and he's, he's trying to bring out the sound. And when he did, guys, listen, this conductor literally pulled his shoulder out of joint. Enthusiasm. And the press was laughing at him. And in the press interview at the end of the concert, one of the reporters asked him, said, how does it feel to throw your arm out of joint conducting the orchestra? And his response was this. I know some people who have reached middle age who have never become enthused enough to dislodge a necktie. Let alone a shoulder. He says, so I feel pretty good about it. Come on, somebody. He says, I don't even know people enthusiastic enough to dislodge a necktie. He said, I threw my shoulder out, and I feel good about it. Come on, y'all. What are you passionate about? Where's your passion? Where's your passion? Where's your enthusiasm? Use what you got. David said, all I got is five stones. All I got is five stones. It don't look like much. All I got is five stones. He said, but I'm going to tell you something right now. When I throw these stones, he said, God's going to anoint them. Amen. He said, I'm just going to use what I got. Shamgar had a sharp stick. Amen. Use what you got. Start where you are. Use what you got. He said, and I'll bless what you got, and I'll take down your giants. Amen. He said, I'll bring victory for your life. Guys, listen to me. The miracle is not in what you do not have. The miracle is in what you have. Amen. Use what you have. Come on, clap your hands and praise God for me this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Use what you have. Lastly, everybody say, start where you are. Come on, y'all. Listen, not if things are different, start where you are. Everybody say this. Use what you have. And lastly, do what you can. Do what you can. Shamgar did what he could. Can I tell you something? God is not wanting you to do what you can't do. God is not wanting you to do what you can't do. He wants you to do what you can. Come on, somebody. Amen? He wants you to do what you can do. Well, what can I do? Well, number one, you can pray. You can pray. Amen? Bill Bright said it's impossible to over-exaggerate the importance of prayer. Jesus said this in John 14. Look at this right here. He said, in whatever you ask the Father in my name, he says, I will do it. Amen. He says, I will do it. Whatever you ask, I'll do it. You can pray. Have you prayed about it? Oswald Chambers said this. He said, men may shun our appeal, reject our message, oppose our arguments, but they are worthless against our prayers. Come on, somebody. I'm praying for you. Ain't nothing you can do about it. Amen. They may shun our argument. They may oppose our appeal, but they can't do nothing about our prayers. 
Amen. You can pray. You can pray. Ian Bounds said prayer outlives the lives of those who utter them. That's good. Prayer outlives the lives of those who utter them. And then he challenges us. He said outlive your generation. Outlive an age. Outlive the world. Prayers are deathless. You can pray. Prayers are deathless. They do not die. Are you praying? Do what you can. Well, what can I do? Well, I can pray. Don't act like it's the most pitiful and weakest thing that you can do. It's the most powerful. Shouldn't be our spare tire. It should be our steering wheel. (laughs) Prayer should not be your spare tire. It should be your steering wheel. Amen. Secondly, focus. What can I do? Well, I can pray. What else can I do? You can focus. You can focus. Amen. Focus is the secret to energy. Can I tell you something? Unclutter your life and keep focused. The enemy is great at trying to discourage us. But the apostle Paul said, this one thing I do, not the 50 things I dabble in. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Stay focused. He said, this one thing I do, not the 50 things I dabble in. Stay focused. Everybody say, stay focused. Amen. He said, this one thing I do, keeping my eye on the prize. Get focused. You know all the devil's got to do to destroy your vision is give you another vision. And then you have die vision. And then your vision dies. Amen. All the devil's got to do to destroy your vision is just give you another vision. Stay focused. The Bible says that he constantly told him, Jesus was constantly telling him, don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Stay focused. He wanted him focused. The Bible told him, said, remember Lot's wife. What was it about Lot's wife? She looked back. He said, stay focused. Jesus don't want you looking back to the good old days. Because how many of you know they weren't that good? Come on, somebody. He says, remember Lot's wife. Why? Because she looked back. She wasn't focused. She wasn't focused. Joshua chapter 1 is so powerful. If you want to have good success. I'm almost done. Maybe. Joshua 1.8 is so good. If you want to have good success. Listen to this. If you want to see God bless you in amazing ways. He said this right here. I want you to watch this. He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Y'all pay attention to me. Everybody say conversation. Okay, now everybody say conversation because half of you didn't do it. Say conversation. That's better. Okay, listen. It says, the book of the law, this Bible right here, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Amen? Listen to this. What are you saying? What are you talking? He says, but you shall meditate in it day and night. You should. Everybody say meditate. Okay, say meditation, conversation. Those are the keys. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Amen? Watch this. Watch this. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have what? Come on, how many of y'all want to be prosperous and have good success? Where you at? Everybody say meditation. Meditation. Say conversation. Conversation. Two things, meditation 
in what? Two things that God wants you to do. Meditation in what? In the word of God. Can I tell you something? You have 24 golden boxcars every day of your life. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how broke you are. You all have the same amount of time every single day. You have 24 golden boxcars every single day of your life. And what you feel with those golden boxcars determines where your life and the direction of your life will go. Amen. And if you fill those boxcars with the word of God, with the promises of God, and if you put them in your spirit, can I tell you, the more you put them in, the more you put them in, the more you fill your life up with this, the more your life is going to begin to go in a prosperous and good success direction. Amen. The more you fill it, the more you put it in. Everybody's going to have the same day today. They're going to have the same day tomorrow. Everybody's got the same chance and the same amount of time. Amen. And your input determines your output. I'm going to say it again. Your input determines your output. And he said you are to meditate on the word day and night. Put it in, put it in, put it in. That's meditation. And then you are to control your conversation. He says do not let the law depart. Check the wording out. Watch this. He said do not let this law depart from your mouth. Watch this. So important. Say what God says. Talk what God talks Don't listen to the inner critic that lives inside of you that tells you you're a failure, that tells you you're nothing, that tells you you're not going to be able to do this. You need to speak what God speaks. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. You need to speak what God speaks. He says, and then you're going to be prosperous and you're going to have a good success life. That's what he said. Your mouth can overcome your mind. A great place for y'all to shout right there. Your mouth can overcome your mind. Confess God's word. Bible talk helps you focus. Come on, somebody. Bible talk helps you focus. Dream. Start where you are. Use what you got. Do what you can. Make your future so big that your present seems small. Come on. Make your future so big that your present seems small. And I believe today that God is speaking to people. You had to fight a battle more than once to win it. Amen. Don't give up. In trying times, don't stop trying. Regret looks back. Worry looks around. But victory looks up. I'm telling you. Victory looks up. Victory says, I know God is going to help me. Noah didn't wait for a ship to come in. He built it, guys. What are you building? A man is not finished when he's defeated. He's defeated when he quits. Amen? A man is not finished when he's defeated. He's defeated when he quits. Everybody shout, I will not quit. The successful trait of all successful people in the Bible and in life is they conquered the temptation to give up. The successful people have conquered the temptation to give up, especially when it gets tough, especially when hell's coming against you. Come on, you better stand up on your hind legs. You better stand up where you're at. You better say, listen, I know right now 
I know something. It isn't the final say-so until I say-so. And God hasn't told me to say-so yet. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Woo! I'm telling you. Hallelujah. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to declare victory. I'm going to start where I am. I'm going to use what I've got. I'm going to do what I can. And God's going to do what I can't. <laughs> Come on. Come on, give him a praise, somebody, right now. Hallelujah. Give him a shout of praise. Come on. Come on. Winston Churchill said this. Winston Churchill said this. He said, the nose of a bulldog is slanted backwards so he can hang on and still breathe. Amen? God give us a bulldog spirit. God give us a bulldog spirit in here this morning. Amen? That we can grab a hold of the promise. We can grab a hold of the vision and the dream that God has given us and we won't let go. Amen? And that's why he's given us a slanted nose so we can still breathe while we're hanging on. Come on, Jesus. Amen? Successful people begin their success where other people give up. It's telling you. If God told you to do it, start where you are. Use what you got. Do what you can. And God will do what you can. Come on, stand to your feet all around this room. Stand to your feet all around this room for me. No one moving, please. You know, there's something about a sermon like this. It's so simple. But it speaks to the call, to the purpose. It speaks to the destiny that God made every human being and put inside of them. Amen. Don't waste another day of your life. Don't try to substitute what God has put you on this earth for with other things. If you're right now, if you right now know that you're not in right standing with God, if that's you in here this morning, start where you are. This is your service. You're here for a reason. Start where you are. Use what you got. You got a will to say yes for Jesus. Amen. Use what you got. Put your faith in him. He has a purpose for your life. Do what you can. You can surrender everything to Jesus. Right now, today. Pastor, you're talking to me today. I know I'm not right with God. Can I tell you, God brought you here on purpose. You are here this morning on purpose. It all starts when you say yes to Jesus. And if that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. We're not ashamed. Come on, we see them. We see them. Raise your hands right now all across this room. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Do what you can. Do you know why this is so important? Do you understand why this is so important? Leave your hands up. Leave them up. We see them. God sees them. Come on. No shame right here. Raise your hands. I'm going to tell you why this is important. Jesus said, I come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. But let me tell you something. It matters in the next life too. Amen. So important. We're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. This is your day. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to point hell back to this day. When he starts coming at you, we're going to point him right back to this day, the day you raised your hand and you said, I ain't yours no more, devil. God, amen. When everybody say these words, say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross. 
Your shed blood paid for my sin. I confess you as my Lord. My faith is completely in you. And I receive you today. Come on, let's give God the biggest praise he's had all day. Come on, Father, we thank you, Lord. I thank you for every hand that was raised this morning. I thank you for every person in here today, God. And Father, we give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.